0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number Limited Edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Embattled Republican Senate candidate Roy
1: Moore digs in. Mitch McConnell floats the idea of having the Attorney General return to his old Alabama stomping ground, and Senate Republicans raise the stakes on tax reform by reviving the health care fight. This is the State of America Tonight.
2: We're making steady progress toward delivering historic tax relief for the American people.
3: We're optimistic that uh, inserting the individual mandate repeal repeal would, would be helpful.
4: They're cutting taxes on the wealthy and taking health care away i'm now
3: facing allegations and that's all the press want to talk about roy moore should step aside you must immediately and fully come up with a satisfactory explanation for your inconsistencies obviously i've made a few people mad
1: Hello, I'm Joe Johns, live in Washington for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is the State of America Tonight. President Trump hasn't been back in Washington for a full 24 hours yet, and already a lengthy to-do list awaits him. At the very top, the Roy Moore scandal that's causing big headaches for his party. Moore is refusing to end his quest to be Alabama's next senator, even as a growing number of Republicans say it's time to go. One of those Republicans is Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, and the man McConnell thinks could help his colleagues get out of the Moore mess, none other than the man who used to hold the job, Attorney General Jeff Sessions.
3: The name being most often discussed may not be available, but the Alabamian who would you know, fit that standard would be the Attorney General, right. who's totally well-known and extremely popular in Alabama.
1: That obviously is would be a big move uh, for him and for the president. You got that right, a big move for sure. And if you're thinking Roy Moore is unhappy with these efforts to push him out of the race, you're right. Moore is blasting McConnell on Twitter, saying he's attempting to subvert the will of Alabamians yet again, this time helping to elect a far-left Democrat. Sources close to Sessions tell CNN's Evan Perez that Sessions isn't interested in going back to his old job and is doing his best to avoid giving the controversy more oxygen. McConnell, meanwhile, is so concerned that he's taken the issue all the way to the White House.
3: The president called me from Vietnam on Friday. We had a chance to discuss this issue. I think once the president and his team get back, we'll have further discussions about it.
1: And a former special assistant to President George W. Bush says Trump may be the only person
5: state officials will listen to. What I'm hearing is that all roads lead back to the White House. Only Donald Trump, the president, has the influence enough with the governor of Alabama and the Alabama Republican Party to get them to, say, withdraw Roy Moore's candidacy as a Republican, which they can do.
1: Meanwhile, back in Alabama, Moore sounded off at a church revival Tuesday where he claimed the campaign has turned into, quote, a spiritual battle.
3: I'm the only one that can unite Democrats and Republicans. (laughs) Because I seem to be opposed by both. Why do you think they're giving me this trouble? Why do you think I'm being harassed by media? And by people pushing forward allegations in the last 28 days of this election.
1: And what about Doug Jones? Who's Doug Jones? You know, the Democrat in the race. He's out with a new ad that features Republicans who are so fed up,
5: they're voting for him. I'm a lifelong Republican, but I just can't do it. I can't vote for Roy Moore. He's already been removed from office twice. This time it's even worse. You read the story and it
3: just shakes you. Just awful. I just don't trust him.
1: Where all this ends, nobody knows. But one thing we do know, keeping Alabama in Republican hands is critical to another item on the president's to-do list, tax reform. Senate Republicans throwing a last-minute twist into their bill, adding a repeal of the Obamacare individual mandate.
6: They're
0: trying to get two of their top legislative agenda items done in the same bill, that is tax cuts and health care. Now previously, they resisted this, they uh, feared that this toxic uh, debate over health care would derail the process, but really desperate to get something done before Christmas, they're now willing to take their chances.
1: Republicans are saying this bill will provide relief to cash-strapped Americans.
3: This is a tax that was intended to push people to be able to buy the product, but it's actually landed on people that can afford it the least. So we're trying to repeal it. It doesn't take away the subsidies. Individuals can still get on it. They can still get full subsidies. All those things change, but we remove that tax penalty for people that actually can't afford it.
1: And what are the Democrats saying? You've heard this before. They're slamming the plan as a gift for the rich.
4: They've done now with the tax bill, what they did with health care. Taking money away from the middle class and working people's health care so they can do tax cuts for the rich. We're gonna show the Republicans when they bow down to the wealthiest, they're gonna lose.
1: Now, Republicans claim there is unanimous support for the uh, repeal in the party, but they may wanna check with Maine Senator Susan Collins who says she thinks it complicates their efforts.
2: One thing to watch here, too, is is Susan Collins. Um, Maine last week voted overwhelmingly to expand um, the Medicaid Medicaid expansion under the Affordable Care Act. And so she is put in in an even dicier situation now with uh, repealing the individual mandate, which would impact uh, that expansion. So, could Collins
1: once again play the role of spoiler on a much-needed Republican win? Stay tuned. And there's one more thing that's apparently on the president's to-do list, making sure he gets credit for helping the U.S. college basketball players avoid punishment for alleged shoplifting in China. The three men are members of the UCLA Bruins. They're back at home after being arrested last week on suspicion of stealing sunglasses from a Louis Vuitton store, an athletic official did not say how the case was resolved, but President Trump says he personally asked China's President Xi for help, and so maybe that's what prompted this, Jim. Do you think three UCLA basketball players will say thank you, President Trump? They were headed for 10 years in jail. Moments ago, those players expressed their gratitude. At least the president can cross that one off his list. The president may have deflected questions on Senate candidate Roy Moore while he was jet-setting through Asia, but now he's back at the White House, and the pressure is on. Our Boris Sanchez is live in Washington. Boris.
2: Hey there, Joe. Yeah, it was actually one of the first things that the president was asked about when he arrived at the White House, returning from his 12-day trip to Asia last night. Reporters shouted questions at him about the special election in Alabama, but the president ignored those questions. He's tweeted already several times today. As you mentioned, Joe, writing about CNN, The New York Times, those uh, UCLA basketball players that were detained in China allegedly for shoplifting. But he has yet to mention Roy Moore. Despite that, White House officials tell CNN that the president is closely monitoring the situation. He is expected to deliver remarks from the White House uh, at about 3.30, though those same officials are telling us that we should not expect him to discuss Roy Moore. Uh, The president yesterday on Air Force One actually hinted that he would be giving an address and that it would focus on some of the accomplishments uh, that were made in Asia, specifically pertaining uh, to trade with China and security with the threat of a nuclear North Korea. We're also told that the president is awaiting to see how conservatives close to the Trump base uh, respond to the Roy Moore situation moving forward. Uh, We're told that there have been ample discussions at the White House uh, with advisors, even with uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, which, as you know, Joe, has called for Roy Moore to drop out of this race. There are several possible scenarios uh, being explored to prevent Roy Moore from getting to the Senate, including a potential for Attorney General Jeff Sessions to be a write-in candidate. We are hearing that that is a far-fetched possibility, but all indications from officials at the White House right now are that the president is fed up. just doesn't seem like he's ready to say so publicly, Joe.
1: Boris Sanchez, thanks so much for that. Yeah, the president might not have to talk about it today, but eventually he is going to have to deal with that one. Ahead tonight, there's no shortage of opinions among Republicans about the firestorm surrounding Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore, but should the president weigh in? Our panel's coming up next. Okay, how to solve a problem like Roy Moore. This is the question today. The Alabama Republican is accused of sexual abuse and under increasing pressure to drop out of a special Senate election. Now, the top Senate Republican says maybe, just maybe, embattled Attorney General Jeff Sessions could challenge Moore as a write-in candidate, but so far no reaction from the president. Panel tonight. Brian Lanza, CNN political commentator and former deputy communications director for the Trump campaign. Chris Liu, former assistant to President Obama and former White House cabinet secretary under Obama. Michael Steele, former policy and communications advisor for Jeb Bush campaign. Mark Preston, you've seen him, CNN senior political analyst. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you. Uh, Alabama Senate race. Oh my goodness. The, the first thing that I don't hear people talking about is how this has been a pain in the president's tush for a long time, going all the way back to the primaries. It's been a challenge. Right. So what does he do now? It's just gotten worse.
7: You know, I think the thing is, is if if if, if Republicans want Roy Moore, to, to be removed from the ballot and to move forward as a party for the values that we stand for. It's got to be the Alabamans that are going to make this decision. All this outside influence has done nothing but actually embolden him and strengthen him. So we look at what got us into this mess early on. Mitch McConnell and his team made some bad tactical decisions, which diluted the value of the resources that they spent in the race. It actually harmed uh, their, their preferred candidate. You know, the, the money that they, f- they funded to Strange actually was harmed because it touched McConnell and his people. And now, you know, we're stuck fixing a very bad situation.
1: But does he, should he just stay out of it? I mean... After all, he picked the candidate who lost in the primaries. Yep. Now he's stuck with the guy who's actually running in the general, mm-hmm. and the guy in the general's got a list of problems a mile long.
7: Absolutely. And you know, I, I think the, the, the key factor we should all look at to see what conservative media is going to be doing later today. You know, Hannity, Sean Hannity made a statement yesterday on TV that he's going to give Roy more 24 hours to clarify his, anders, his answers in a satisfactor, satisfactory way. We're going to see how that looks. It doesn't look like Roy's doing anything to change the narrative of who he is and these disgusting allegations, but the burden's on him. And uh, I would keep an eye to see what, you know, what happens with conservative media.
1: Mark Preston, the reality on the ground is, you know, we talk about this inside the Beltway, but once you get on the ground in cities like Birmingham and some others, it's very different. Does he win almost no matter what, given uh, all we've seen so far?
4: Uh, If I was a betting man, and I am a betting man, not on this race, I would say that if Roy Moore decides to stay in the race He will win on December 12th when this election happens. But I do think we have to take a step back and and explain to everybody why a race in Alabama, one of 50 states, Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, And it's very simple. It comes along simple lines. I don't think the people of Alabama, by the way, are condoning the actions that Roy Moore uh, did or allegedly did uh, when he was younger with younger women. They're accepting of them, they're not condoning. And the reason why is there is a greater good in many of the minds of Alabamians, right? And what that is, is social issues. It comes down to uh, abortion, and it comes down to same-sex marriage. Planned Parenthood? Planned Parenthood, issues that they think are bigger, and they see Roy Moore as somebody who will come to Washington, D.C., and will defend those rights. In addition to that, they hate Washington, D.C. They look at Washington, D.C. as a swamp, and that's why they're standing by Roy Moore. Right. So,
1: now, we've also talked about the possibility of Sessions getting the race, and I don't know whether that's realistic, it's it country, sounds absolutely society. crazy. It's the
5: closest thing to a good option there is. In order for the only way to get someone other than the two candidates into the race at this point is a write-in candidacy, the only way that works is someone with huge name identification, Huge popularity in the state. Senator Sessions, former Senator Sessions, is the only and best option that we can see right
1: now. Now, Chris, now you've been, this is not your first rodeo. Okay, say... Way, way too cute to try to substitute <laughs> somebody at this Right. Point. Say Sessions decides he's going to run. Uh, what's the likelihood that basically you know, uh, Sessions and Roy Moore split the ticket... And the Democrat comes right down the middle, even though the last Democrat we saw as a I think senator that's exactly was what's, Yeah,
6: I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think there's such a strong anti-Washington sentiment, no matter how much people like Jeff Sessions down there. The fact that he swoops in at the 11th hour, tries to put his name on the ballot, I think would just be perceived as a power play, which it is by Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, and others. Look, we saw Lisa Murkowski pull this off, but let's not forget she was an incumbent in a much smaller state, uh, and she had a much clearer path. And I I think it's just way too clever. I think it's Roy Moore or nothing at this point now for Republicans. Well,
4: I would just say, you know, if I'm Mitch McConnell or I am anybody in the Republican leadership, this is what I'm secretly hoping. I'm secretly hoping that Roy Moore stays in the race. I'm secretly Uh, hoping that Roy Moore wins. I'm secretly hoping that when he comes in and gets sworn in, that he gets sworn in and they immediately expel him. Because by doing so, then... The Republican governor of Alabama at that point would then be able to put somebody in office. That would be the pathway for Jeff Sessions to absolutely get his seat back.
1: Okay, a little bit of palace intrigue here. Does the administration want Sessions out, given the fact that the president has complained about him so much? You know, you can see that scenario that Democrats have talked about. Sessions leaves, the president gets to appoint his guy. His guy basically says, "Ah, no more need for a special counsel. Special counsel's gone, and uh, the you know Trump walks away to the bank.
5: What do you think? I, I, have, I have no doubt that a replacement or potential replacement for Senator Sessions in order to get through confirmation in the United States Senate would have to demonstrate the sort of independence and um, conviction that would make that impossible So, so the question
1: uh, in a hearing a confirmation hearing would be Are you willing to affirm that you will not fire the special counsel? I think that's the first, second,
5: and only question.
6: And I think that's exactly right. I think notwithstanding the president's tweets about Jeff Sessions, other than the Russian investigation... On the rest of the issues, he's essentially followed the Trump agenda, and you see now this kind of slight opening he's done in terms of a second special counsel. Uh, that's clearly meant to ingratiate himself with the president. I think the president is fine with Sessions where he is right now. Yeah,
1: but that was an opening. It wasn't really an opening, was it? He didn't say, yes, I'm going to do it. He said, yeah, well, we're going to let the inspector general look at it for a while. We're going to kick it around, and then
7: uh, maybe, or maybe not. Yeah, I, I would say Waiting for Jeff Sessions to come to save the hour is just fantasy. It's not going to happen. He's doing a good job as attorney general. There's no signs that he wants to step away from that or even return to the U.S. Senate. I mean, this is a, this is a problem that McConnell started when he went overboard with his ads you know, against Roy Moore. So much that it was, it was less effective. McConnell's got to fix this. He's in this dilemma. His team made bad decisions, strategic decisions early on. We're now stuck with Ro Moore. He's reaching out to the president for help. He's going to evaluate, the president's going to evaluate to see what's the best move forward. But this is McConnell with egg on his face, and he has to fix this. And the fantasy land that, you know, Jeff Sessions is going to come to save the day is just a fantasy.
1: Does anybody here think we're going to have a Democratic senator? From the state of Alabama for the first time I since 1996. I think
4: there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think there's. If Roy Moore decides to stay in, I, I think he, there's a good chance he can win. I also think that Doug Jones could potentially win. Here's the bottom line: if he does stay in, it is going to be one of those nights where we're watching and watching and watching. It's not going to be an early race. It will be something
6: that is on the margins. Last time we had a demo. Oh, go ahead. I would also say this: I think when allegations like this come out in the past against other people. There may be another shoot about to drop on this issue. And so we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And so let's wait and see. Yeah.
1: yeah. Last Democratic senator, as far as I can tell, we've had from Alabama was 1997. Hal Heflin. It's been a very long time, 20 years. We'll be back in a minute.
4: I think after health care, taxes are going to be so easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, health care is very hard. So health care is much tougher than taxes. No, I think taxes are going to be very well. In fact, our plan is we're talking about massive tax cuts, the biggest tax cut in the history of our country.
1: He says it would be easy. Let's see. That's President Donald Trump speaking back in July, saying tax reform would be so easy compared to health care. But will it? Senate Republicans now have a revised tax bill that takes on not only taxes, but also a key provision of Obamacare that may look like killing two birds with one stone to most Republican senators. But will the new bill put the earlier Republican health care holdouts back into the no column? Let's get back to the panel. So let's see. Names like Collins, Murkowski, uh, McCain, uh, Rand Paul. Now uh, some for different reasons uh, did not like the health care bill. Are they all going to be on board for this tax bill?
7: Well, I think you've seen that McCain, Senator McCain's come out with positive statements uh, with the fact that the you know, the Obamacare tax uh, repeal is on there. You look at uh, you know, Senator you know, Rand Paul, he's the same way. So now you're looking, we're probably losing two senators, but we have the 50 and then you have Vice President Pence that gets us over the finish line.
5: What about the deficit hawks? We've got deficit hawks, including Senator Corker. Corker. Well, this helps with the deficit hawks. This is a scores as a revenue raiser. Let's remember what the individual mandate is. The individual mandate has nothing to do with with subsidies or Medicaid expansion. It is a rule that says if you don't buy health care, you pay a fine. If you don't pay a fine, you go to jail. If you try to break out of jail, you get shot. This has always been an unpopular proposal, so unpopular that President Obama campaigned against it when then Senator Clinton... Uh, proposed it during their primary debate. So I think in, if we understand the policy properly and if we talk about it properly, this is a very popular addition to this bill. This is also a temporary tax
1: cut for millions of Americans. We're talking millions, right? I mean, uh, and there's a tax increase when you get to the out years around 2025. Is that message going to get through to
4: the voters? Well, that's what Demo- or rather, Republicans are trying to push right now. So what they're trying to do, and as we're talking about this very complicated subject and really merging two very complicated subjects together, getting rid of the individual mandate will free up about $338 billion. Mm-hmm. By doing that, it does give a tax cut. It lowers the tax rate by a percentage point or half a percentage point, and it also allows the child tax credit to increase. What Republicans won't talk about, what you will hear from the Democrats, is that 13 million people across the board are going to lose their health insurance. So while the House will pass uh, the bill without it, okay, they're not going to have it in their version. The Senate won't be able to do it until after the Thanksgiving recess. Let's see how much they hear from their constituents at home to see if, in fact, this goes through. I do think it will, but it's not as easy as it seems.
1: Yeah, I guess the the bottom line question, though, is, uh, okay, we're suggesting they have the votes, right? Right. Except for Bob Corker, which was the, the question I tried to get to. Corker's a big deficit hawk, and he has said that if this proposal raises the deficit one penny, he doesn't like it. Does that mean... Another senator now has a problem. And as you know, Bob Corker is not exactly a, a big supporter of uh, President Trump right now.
6: I think we're too early in the process to kind of game out the votes on one side or another. Right now, there are already significant differences between the House and Senate versions, even leaving aside the individual mandate part of this. This was a very thin needle that McConnell was trying to thread. Putting the individual mandate makes this increasingly more complicated. I could also argue that what he's doing is he's going to put this in. At the last minute, he's going to pull it out as a way to get those last couple Senate Republicans on board.
1: All year, we've heard repeal and replace, repeal and replace. Now, all of a sudden, uh, replacement is nowhere to be seen. Does that make a difference?
6: Well, I think it makes a huge difference. I'd say it's not only the 13 million that lose coverage. I think taking these healthy people out of the uh, health pool uh, potentially destabilizes it, raises premiums for a lot of other people. And so what you may gain in terms of a middle class tax cut, you'll see in terms of higher premiums for a no, lot of people. I was just gonna,
5: we're not we're not talking about taking health care coverage away from people. We're talking about allowing people to make a choice. We're talking about they still have the subsidies available. They still have Medicaid available. What if you don't want to buy health insurance, you are not forced to buy health insurance? I think that's a very different thing.
4: Yeah, but the problem with that, though, the problem with that argument, and I'm not taking sides in this, is that if I, at 23 years old, decide not to buy health insurance and I am uninsured and I go out in an automobile and I crash into you and I injure you, you're covered, who is going to pay my how, my, my, you know, the problems that are, going to, that are mm-hmm. going to cost tens of thousands of dollars to, to get me well. Yeah, there's a system That's never
5: in been place for that, but it's a terrible system. And I, I, it is a terrible yeah, system. So. It's, just, it's yeah, never it's, been answered by yeah. either party. Right.
6: Right. I mean, make no mistake. This is essentially an attack on the pre-existing condition protections because the people who are going to need the coverage will have to stay in the pool, which means their premiums will rise as the healthy people get out.
1: All right. Thanks so much for that. we got to get out, too. Uh, Brian, Chris, Michael, and Mark, thank you for that. This is day 300 of President Trump's administration, that's State of America tonight. Check out our podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.